Hey there, welcome to Interior Castle, real conversations on the joys and struggles of imperfection. My name is Roz and I'm joined by my mates, Irene and Mimi. We share our stories, laughs and lessons in the hopes of encouraging others to live their faith authentically. So buckle in and come join us on the crazy ride to heaven. Hello, hello, hello guys. Welcome to Interior Castle. (laughs) Um, Welcome to our new episode for this week. And we've only got a couple of episodes to go Mm. until this season ends. Wow. Can't believe it. Wow. It's been a couple of episodes. Oh, been a season. That's that's (laughs) (laughs) well for this um, episode. I thought we'd just get straight to it and I guess we'll keep the listeners, I guess, questioning what kind of topic we've got um, that relates to um, this question that I wanted to pose to the girls. Bit of randomness, but I thought a bit of of fun as well. We've got to have some lightheartedness in here. (laughs) So I just wanted to ask the girls, what is the most regrettable piece of clothing that you've ever worn in Oh, gosh. Who wants to go first? I'm not going to lie, my palms are sweaty. <laughs> yeah, mine are sweaty. I'm sweaty. I think it's the question that you just mentioned. The most, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't know if I want to say the most because it might be a bit scandalous. You know, we all, we all have a past, guys, right? Oh, dear. <laughs> but I do, I do have a regrettable piece of clothing item that I have owned or still own today. <laughs> so here we go. You guys know kind of like Boxing Day sales, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously one year when I was in high school, I was really into it. And I'm like, yeah, let's go Boxing Day shopping with my friends. We went to a 24-hour shopping center. You know, had the, the, all the, the high-end brands and everything. And in the midst of this kind of like hype, you know, like oh, I'm going to buy good sales. I thought that it was, at the time, I thought it was a great purchase but i ended up buying this sleeveless denim cameo jacket (laughs) (laughs) from like general pants and co and i thought it was like such a good buy i'm like yeah it's fashion Fashion. and it's cheap so i bought it and it's still quite expensive right the next day i felt like i had a hungover right because i looked at my purchase i'm like why did I buy this? I'm never going to wear it. Like, <laughs> I've never seen you wear your cameo jacket. Yeah, and I've never. You, you still have it. I still have it hanging in my closet because I'm like, you know, I'm going to wear it one day just <laughs> to make use of it. And I've never worn it. And this is years, years later. Um, oh, no. Years, years later. So I, um, yeah, that's probably a regrettable piece of item that I've purchased. Oh, man. <laughs> How about you? Irene. I can't believe you still have it. That's so impressive. Most regrettable piece of clothing. I guess we all have our teen years where we dressed awfully from what we used to dress like right now. I think one <laughs> memorable one is, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was because I couldn't afford proper pants or something, but I <laughs> I do this thing in high school where I would wear short shorts and it was the middle of winter. I'd wear short shorts, like denim short shorts oh my God. and have then have black tights underneath. Oh, yes. 
I'd lay them over with just like normal black knee-high socks and then my <laughs> combat boots. And that was it. I'm dying. It's so bad because I'm like, I look back at some of my like 14, 15-year-old photos and I'm like, why am I wearing short shorts in the middle of winter with yeah. black tights? <laughs> And there's so many photos. I don't know what. I don't know what's going through my head. I probably, you know, didn't find. I an still appropriate- have a photo of you with that. Oh, it's so bad. It's not. It's okay. Oh, I didn't know you that time. Yuck. Oh, but yeah, that's probably my most regrettable piece of or pieces of clothing <laughs> or that clothing combination. How about you, Roz? Well, I probably wouldn't say that I bought it. I actually designed it, which is the most even more horrible factor to it. I don't know if you've guys seen my year 12 formal photos, but they it's horrendous. It is horrendous. My year 12 formal dress because I was so, I I really wanted to win. I really wanted to win best dress. Mm. And so (laughs) to do this, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go all out. (laughs) And I went to the Philippines to go design a specific um, dress that I wanted. And it had like a, a long train and a massive, literally a massive bow, oh like a, a, a bow that was like with sequins and all. It was blue and yellow of all freaking colors. And I had like sequined um, sleeves <laughs> as well and like a sequined, a sequined like um, chest area. It was just sequin, sequin, sequin. Oh my gosh. It sounds like something <laughs> from the 80s. And what I... <laughs> Literally, and I wanted like to look like literally. It looked like a seriously like a a butterfly that wanted to just. It was just. It sounds like oh, it, it was just like a disaster. Butterfly threw up on you. <laughs> literally, I'm not even joking. It oh, just no. it was horrible. And I didn't win best dress, and no. I was so devastated because oh. I spent so much money. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, I pity you, twelve was- Ros. Horrible. Oh, bad choices. I guess we all make bad choices um, in our fashion statement. <laughs> it's all right. It's our past life. It's fine. We live and we learn. Exactly. <laughs> but anyways, I thought that would be a good question to kind of pose leading towards our actual subject that we wanted to talk about, which is modesty. Ooh. Because I guess we all, whenever we pose modesty, we always think it's to do with the way we dress. Uh, but I guess what I wanted to like talk about is that, or what we wanted to talk about is just that modesty is it, it can be undermined about a, a about a lot of things mm. really, in and it really is about like not just how we look and perceive, but also the way we act and how we perceive ourselves to others, mm. and I guess that takes us to what I really wanted to talk about as well. Like really, what is modesty? And mm. I guess we, we're doing my kind of research here that modesty is uh, actually a, a virtue that moderates all internal and external movements and the appearance of a person according to his or her endowments, possessions, and station of life. Mm. So actually modesty is uh, one of the four virtues that are commonly that are commonly actually used in our everyday life that we actually don't really kind of connect to our everyday behavior because sometimes we always think about as like someone being modestly dressed or um, 
the way they look is modest, but actually it's a virtue and it's actually the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And a lot of us probably think that, um, oh, it's actually not just the way we look, but actually the way we act and how we, yeah, as I said, perceive from what's in within us and how it affects us in the internal movements of ourselves. Mm. But what do you guys think about, you know, the perception or the definition of modesty in the Catholic sense or, yeah, in kind of everyday life? You know, when I was, I suppose, young, when I was younger, I used to associate modesty with uh, something not desirable just because um, there's always these negative connotations with modesty from society, like, oh, you're not cool if you're modest or, you know, you need mm. to look like this or you need to kind of be with the world kind of thing. And modesty is kind of like an olden day language. <clears throat> and I always, <laughs> I always associate modesty with like overbearing clothes where <laughs> like nothing is shown, you know, like those 18th century, <laughs> like Jane Austen dresses. <laughs> Um, kind of thing and I was like oh I don't want to be modest I just want to wear what I want I don't want to be told what to wear you know like I just want to wear something that I think is nice right and the more I learned about modesty and how it's more than just the way I look but it's actually a reflection of my internal self my interior position uh, my interior disposition then I started to look at things differently and I became more intentional with the way I act and the way I dress. So there's a misconception about what modesty is and it's not just an old girl thing as well, which I think a lot of people think that modesty is just reserved for women. Mm. Everyone is called to be modest and it's for the greater of our soul when you think about it. It's greater for ourself and it's greater for the other people around us as well. And that's something that um, I think it will be really good for us to break open a bit later on. But that was my initial thought, what modesty was. Uh, but yeah, how about you, Irene? Yeah, Mims, I, I really like that point on how it's, you know, you had that com common misconception before that modesty was just for, you know, frumpy, dumpy girls that, you know, you had to dress really lame and be a dag. But <laughs> yeah, I, th I think we all go through that common misconception. But I think for me, the thing that I've realized for modesty in the last couple of years is it's not something that's just that affects you and it's not just something that is singular. Modesty actually, if you think about it, affects everybody around you, not in just the way that you dress and the way that you reflect, you know, your how your clothing reflects to the rest of the world, but rather how it affects others like it also the way that you dress and the way that you act affects others so I think in tying that with also other types of virtues such as um, the virtue of prudence you know it, it has a flow-on effect it's like when you drop a stone into a river and it has that ripple effect it has the mm. potential to affect others mm -hmm. and you know it's it's something that sometimes we do forget like it's so easy to neglect that you know what you put on or how you act does affect how other people see you or how other people re also react to you. So I think it's important to note that, yeah, modesty is not just like a singular thing that you yourself have to be just selfish about, but 
that it also has ramifications on other people depending on what you do and how your interior disposition is as well Mm. so yeah that's sort of my understanding of modesty nowadays um I would be the same as you Mims I would have thought growing up in high school like yeah we'd have to be covered like people in the Downton Abbey or (laughs) I don't know like look like someone from the Titanic or I don't know you know what I mean (laughs) and it's just not that way so yeah. How about you, Ross? Yes, definitely. I would agree on both of your points there. Um, you both um, highlighted a lot of key points that, as as all of us perceive in our society these days, that being modest is such a traditional kind of definition and that being modest is not cool. Mm. Um, and that being modest means that you're restricted to a bunch of rules. And why would you want to be – why would you want to be – tied with a bunch of mm. rules because that's just going to restrict your freedom yes. but in fact oh. if you're going to exercise true freedom and that what we were pointing about that interior disposition of the heart i guess that's when your soul really uh, gratifies to a greater level mm. of wanting to present not only yourself externally well to others but you want to perceive your interior self um even better to others Mm. just as what your exterior is saying as well and and i guess that's where you're you were pointing out irene that that's where it could really affect others because i guess if you're seeing somebody who's obviously you know not presenting themselves the most appropriately or what you were saying connected to prudence Mm. then i guess then your attitude then starts to look like you're not actually being prudent in your actions too and i guess even when you're it's the same thing as if if you're looking like you're you are modest but then you're actually swearing and then you badmouth others then i guess that's still immodest as Mm, well mm, and i guess it's finding that balance as well Mm. with the interior and the exterior kind of element or that movement and i guess Mm. that takes you to that that next point that i had was that there are obviously lots of extremes with modesty and I guess that's where I wanted to point out that there are so many there's that extreme um, part of modesty where you know there's a bunch of rules as I said and that um, p- particularly as Catholics like you know growing up I was never allowed to wear anything that was fully revealing or anything that was like past my shorts I remember going to school and my mom would like leave the my dress up to my ankles and it was no and all the cool kids had theirs like above their knee (laughs) (laughs) you know i guess that's what i wanted to talk about is that you know this extremes of modesty and i guess and how how it's how it's been working at the moment and how the extremes of modesty has been kind of a difficult thing to for people to grasp, mm, I guess. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Yeah, Ros, I, I totally understand what you mean by like the two extremes of modesty. I don't know who it is. It's I think it's Aristotle who has like this golden medium between particular types of virtues. So you can either with modesty, you can either sway to the extreme or you can sway to the other end of the spectrum where you don't apply modesty at all. So I think one extreme or one excess of modesty would be just that traditional view of covering yourself up and not seeing like as a woman or as a man, you know, not seeing yourself as a gift from God and 
you know, every single bit of flesh is seen as something that's dangerous. Like instead it's this twisted view of modesty. And it actually, you don't, I don't think you can really call it modesty in that sense. It just would be so warped that you don't present yourself as a gift anymore, or you don't value your dignity mm. to the point where you just cover mm. it up. In the other sense, I think if you go on the other end of the spectrum where modesty isn't applied at all, you know, it, it's nothing like it means nothing. And, and I think Our Lady of Fatima highlights that where, you know, the, the sins of the flesh are going to be the ones that uh, will wreak havoc in the 21st century. So, you know, you can see by fashion standards today that no one gives a flip about, you know, modesty. Mm. Even in even in their attitude and in their the way that they live life, you can see that depression rates are on the rise. People are giving into nihilism. People are living a really hedonistic lifestyle based on pleasure. Like there is no modesty in that. And it's just reflected in, in fashion choices as well. I think that's just an exterior reflection of what people are dealing with interiorly. So yeah, we really need to find that balance in between because you can either stray too far where, you know, for example, like I know it's a bit, you know, contentious, but with Islam, the way that they cover up women, like women are portrayed is that, you know, they're not a gift, like they have to be covered up for their husbands. Like it's completely different to what the church teaches in that, you know, women are, 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 you know, are beautiful and should be presented as a gift, like, you know, properly, properly dressed or in, a, in, a, in accordance with their attitude. But yeah, we need to like really strike that fine balance between, and it is a tightrope thing. And sometimes there are gray areas and it's really hard to define what is, but I think we really need to be weary about where we place ourselves on that golden medium because it's easy to fall to either end of the spectrum. Yeah, so you really highlighted a lot of things there, Irene, about the extremes that are very clearly explained. And I guess that takes us to like the other extreme that that has been touched on is like the defect mm. of modesty. I guess there's a there's a point sometimes where we come to the point where, you know, we ourselves probably in our lives have said, oh, you know, don't tell me what to wear mm. and like, you know, or how to speak or how to act. What, what are you doing? And because it's like, I guess it's that resentment from what people expect you to be. Mm. And then it's that, and then that defect of modesty then comes about. Mm. But I guess, you know, it's okay if you're, you know, not a Christian, but like us Catholics, if us Catholics, if we make a choice to be a Catholic, you know, I guess it's for us. Like if you make that choice, then, you know, it's not really, it's that interior disposition disposition of the heart that we were talking about before that really kind of changes our way of you know what we want to perceive ourselves to others not just by what we how we dress but also how we what we convey to others Mm. through speech and how we convey our others through our actions as well and even in you know galatians 2 20 it says that you know it is no longer i who live but christ who lives in me and truly that really like that kind of resonates towards the fact that you know modesty requires a disposition from the heart because we were made in the image of likeness of christ Mm. himself um and you know being able to kind of um, say yes to Christ, then you, really that what we want to do is to say yes to glorifying God in all aspects, mm. through our speech, through our conduct, and the way we act. And so, like, 
the way we present ourselves and how you dress, this is where that interior disposition kind of really lies. What do you guys think? I think that's a really excellent point because it really brings us to it really brings us to the heart of this discussion is what is the interior disposition? What should our interior disposition be in the first place? Mm. And I think when you get caught up in all the rules and you know what we shouldn't do, what we shouldn't wear, what we shouldn't say, it we kind of lose the meaning of why we're doing it in the first place. So what why do we need to why do we need to be mm. modest and you know I suppose the simple answer is that we need to remember God's original plan for us, which is to be in heaven, to be with God for all of eternity, mm. right? And so that's our heart's disposition is to be with God. And so everything that we do, you know, we believe that God exists. It should be pointing towards that reality that we want to be in heaven, right? Mm. And I like that you touched on the whole attitude of like, why should I do this? Or don't tell me what to do. You know, like the whole freedom thing, quotation freedom. But the world really tells us that you should live in this moment, you know, the whole YOLO mentality that you only have one life, right? Um, So you should do whatever <laughs> you want. You should wear whatever you want, you know? But for us, we know that life is beyond this world and that mm. life is for eternity. And so we should be focusing on the things for, of above, right? Not the things of earth. And so when we kind of worry about what we wear or, you know, we don't care how our choices might affect others, then mm. what does that really say about our interior self? What does it say about where our heart really lies, right? Um, mm. And so... If we are striving to to be holy, then the way we act should be an attempt to be holy. You know, the mm. things that we say should should also show that too. And of course, you know, the way that we the way that we dress even should be a reflection of that. And what does that mean for us as a Christian? Like, okay, let's for example, how should we dress? Right? It's it's a way that we glorify God in a sense that we don't put other people to sin and I know that argument of well why should the things that I wear why should I be mm. mind, be mindful of another person it's their it's their choice right yeah, yeah. but yeah but mm. don't we all want our brothers and sisters to be in heaven with us you know mm. if we have the mm. option if we have the power to not be the cause of a sin for another person shouldn't we choose that option shouldn't we choose to make oh shouldn't we live in a way where we make other people holy not drive people into temptation so it's for the better of our souls because we need to remind ourselves that we're for god and that you know the others are for god and that we our actions should also guide people in the same manner that we remind them that their soul is also for eternity um mm. so that's the interior disposition that I think we kind of need to be more aware of in our day-to-day, -day, mm. you know? Yeah, Mims, I, I really love that point where you were saying that, you know, we, we have, like, charities a two-way street in that, you know, we, we our influence on others also influences the way that they come off on us. And we have that shared responsibility in being charitable towards each other. I think when we do when we do have that realization that the way that we dress and the way that we act can affect others and 
they affect us you know that that realization is great don't get me wrong but it's also one one that's really difficult to maintain over time we often lose our way in terms Mm. of modesty because sometimes we neglect it we neglect or we forget the fact that it's such an important virtue that needs to be constantly tilled over and constantly practice and constantly within the forefront of our minds um not that every day when you wake up you're like oh yes i'm going to wear the most modest outfit of today <laughs> but but no like it's it's got to be ingrained in us from the very start i think and what it comes down to is is a continued conversion of heart every day in that we say yes to him and his plan and the way that we act and the way that we dress. It encompasses every part of our life and that we choose to do that daily. And I think that naturally just filters into every part of our life. And, you know, with modesty, it does get easier when when you have that foundation there and you know that, you know, it's a charitable act for others and it's also a charitable act for your soul. When you have that foundation there, the elements of modesty will just fall into place, whether that's the way that you dress or whether it's the way that you act, that will get easier over time. Um, but mm. I think it's, I think one of the main issues is that, yeah, we can fall away from that and we need to make a continued effort to maintain that. And that's the challenge in and of itself. No, definitely. I agree with that, Irene. It's definitely something that needs to be continued. Like for all of us, I think I can testify that there's something that we try to practice daily, not just through what, you know, what we, what we wear and what, but we really want to make sure that we're striving to practice modesty in all aspects of our mm. lives. And, and I guess that's really, it's definitely like a, a journey and it's definitely that's something that's going to be mm. hard, but that doesn't, it's not going to be easy uh, without prayer Mm. and making sure that our own intentions are for the good and um, again that examination Mm -hmm. I guess towards um, how we behave and how we act upon ourselves and to Mm. others and I guess you know I know there's like there's someone in my parish who I really look up to for sure. I hope she'll probably laugh hearing this, but um, I we always joke around that she absolutely is someone who glorifies God in all aspects through the way she acts, the way she she dresses, the way she literally is someone who we always say she shows decorum at all times. Mm. Um, so if you don't know what decorum is, it's pretty much that she just has a great etiquette to everything. Even when she gets angry, um, I'm just like, oh, she's just mm. glorifying God, even through anger. <laughs> yeah, she is someone who really just, I can see that her intentions is for always for the good. And that I can see that because her of her good intentions, she really wants to purify not only her heart, but to enable us to see God through mm-hmm. her, so that it could e- so that it could even enable us to see things according to God and how God wants to, for us to perceive Him. And I guess that you know goes to like my last question, really, like how do we currently practice modesty? And you know, like when was the time when we you know, first chose to convert our hearts and say yes to Christ, to glorify God in all in all aspects that we do? Yeah, uh, very good question. I can see how like a topic like modesty can be really hard to swallow because 
someone can, you know, for me, I'd be like, well, I have to worry about so many things that I, you know, that I shouldn't fall into sin. I need to work on this sin and this temptation, this temptation. Mm. I can't add modesty on top of that. Like, how do I have, you know, how do I wake Mm. up and just be like, oh, I'm going to be modest today, you know? And it seems like a lot for us to like, you know, like a, a checkoff list that we need to do. Right. And I think just a really easy, simple question that we can all ask ourselves is, you know, how can I love God today? Mm. Right. Mm. And if we can focus on loving God, and this is where prayer comes in, right? That if we are close to God and we love God, then everything else will flow naturally because then we'll be thinking, well, how can I love God in the way that I act, you know, in the way that I behave myself in front of others? How can I draw people closer to God through my actions, my behavior, my words, and um, even the the way that I dress myself, you know, do I show people that God is real, even if they were to look at me, right? My, um, I suppose my second question, my, my second point is that, you know, the, the world really, you know, I really believed at one point when I was younger that, you know, to show more skin is to have more power, you know, like how mm. all supermodels are like, yeah, be mm. confident, wear this outfit, <laughs> reveal your shoulder, <laughs> wear these short shorts Ooh, your <laughs> or something like that. Right. Um, and so, <laughs> short <gosh>. with tights. <laughs> or like for, for guys would be like, you know, like wear the tightest shirt so you can you know, show off your muscles, whatever. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that what, what happens hand in hand is that when we start to f- take our eyes off Christ and we start to look mm-hmm. at ourselves, um, that's when we make idols out of ourselves, right? Because we want people to be noticing us and not noticing God. And we don't want people to see Christ in us. And I think for me was when I started to realize that, you know what, if God is real, I want to make sure that everything I do is for God. And I think an excellent quote that I've recently heard from um, newly appointed Supreme Justice Amy Coney Barrett from America, she gave an advice you know, like somebody posed a question of what advice would you give to young women? And she would say, you know, know what you want to be in life and make every decision intentional so that you can reach that goal. And that just really struck me mm. because, you know, what so is good. what is our goal is to be in heaven with God. And so every decision we make should be in the hopes of getting to heaven. So mm. um, I think loving God first and foremost and i think the rest would you know naturally come after practice but yeah after you pulled out amy coney barrett i'm like how am i gonna follow this <laughs> <laughs> yeah mims thanks for that i really love the amy coney barrett reference i love her so much i think that was incredible piece of advice from her just so just such a such a good role model that that woman mm. yeah and so in terms of what we can do currently to practice modesty i think you know, obviously, small choices. I think that's where I would I would begin mm. with small choices, and then you can build yourself up. Because I think modesty is something that can be quite overwhelming, and especially now that we've been talking about how it just doesn't encompass our clothes, it also encompasses our attitude. And how Ros was explaining the term decorum, we've lost that. We've lost this etiquette of having to just do things properly, or you know, having a, a better disposition to life um so yeah i think starting small um you know if it's modesty in terms of fashion choosing to you know wear that piece of outfit that's probably less revealing 
um, you know, building your wardrobe up um, in a practical sense with, you know, just pieces that, you know, flatter your figure more I think, for girls or, mm. you know, for guys. I don't know, buy a pair of nice dress pants you can wear to mass or <laughs> buy decent shoes that you can serve in. There are so many <laughs> altar servers that I see. And don't buy R.M. Williams. Don't wear your, like, uh, was it? Don't wear your Adidas. joggers when you're serving at mass. It's really awful. <laughs> don't wear your slippers to mass. <laughs> <laughs> buy some nice dress shoes. <laughs> No, that's just me judging folks. That's really bad. But no, it's just small things that we can do every day actively. So just like even, you know, even if it's just, you know, choosing your outfit, I think it's a twofold thing. It's not just also choosing what clothes you're wearing for the day, but also it it involves the formation of your heart and your mind. So I think for me, the pivotal moment in my life was when I actually started veiling. And no, ladies, you don't have to veil in order to be mm. modest. But for Ooh. me, this was the point where I, like, everything shifted for me. It was actually this one summer where I pledged to myself after wearing the veil that I would not wear another pair of short shorts and I made it through that summer without wearing a pair of short shorts and I have never worn a pair of short shorts since yes I know so start small challenge yourself you'll never see your thighs exactly (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) start small and then also combine that with the formation of your heart so and, and your mind and I think when when I was you know starting to wear the veil I was learning more about the faith and the importance of um, having that interior disposition and knowing that when I come into the Lord's house, I want to be not just covered or, you know, not just in a state of grace when I'm with him, but in all parts of my life and not just to be in one facet of my life. Mm. Um, so yeah, just to apply that in every area when I'm outside of the church as well. So I think, yeah, that's that's my that's my piece of advice. Start small if you're feeling overwhelmed because it can be something that, you know, modesty, you know, you can become very scrupulous in. So I think go easy on yourself and build yourself up because it's definitely a virtue that you have to strike the golden balance in between. So yeah. That's my that's my piece of advice. How about you, Ross? Now you pointed it out a few things that I was gonna point out, I mean, So um I was just going to build on those yeah, things. <laughs> so I was going to say that, yeah, my, when I first, you know, chose to really, you know, have that full disposition, disposition of my heart and say yes to God and glorify him in all the, in all aspects was I'd probably say after I did the 33 days to morning glory, mm-hmm. that's a retreat. Oh, it's, it's a book that you can get. Um, by Father Michael Gately. You can Google it and he and they, he sells um, or they sell mm. a book on the 33 days to consecrate yourself to Mary. It's a really, really good book. Simple as well mm. for 33 days to consecrate yourself. Um, but I guess that's another thing. But really that's something that I um, started as like a, like a mini retreat with a few people. And mm. after that consecration, I just had this kind of – I guess this excitement about the faith a bit more um, after having some low patches in my life. And then what you were saying, Irene, was that that formation of not just my heart and my mind, but the formation to really um, know God Mm. in all aspects and how I can really interiorly change my 
way mm. and I guess that's when I also started veiling at mass and I've always seen it but I never really I just felt like oh I felt really ashamed mm -hmm. really to kind of you know put on a veil and I'd be the only one in the parish yeah. and it'd just be awkward but I guess what really took me by conversion is that the words of uh, what JP2 always says that totus to us mm. the Latin phrase meaning you know totally yours and how it was like Mother Mary's declaration mm. when she said yes to be the mother of God and I just felt that kind of that kind of conversion I guess that at the time that you know I want to be totally yours mm. I want to be totally Jesus's and by doing that I really wanted to veil um, and to really signify that I was truly his in all aspects of my Amazing. life and I guess that really changed you know the way I dressed mm. and I I also had that pact that if I'm going to Sunday I'm going to if I'm going to go to Sunday's mass I am or to any mass at least is to dress my best mm. and we've said it in all podcasts in the past is that um Yes, I love to shop, but if I'm going to shop something new, I'm going to wear that new element <laughs> first at a mass. <laughs> oh, nice rule. So, yeah, that's something that, you know, that really converted my thoughts. Mm. And, yeah, veiling has really connected me to to God and probably more recently in the last couple of years mm. and really showing not just for me but for others that, you know, this is who I am and who I belong to, mm. and that's and that's Jesus. And I guess through you know all these things that these this this kind of like conversion for myself, like I guess that's really helped me kind of like re-examine like the way I you know convey myself in my speech and to practice prudence, particularly in my etiquette in being able to talk to others. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess, you know, it's it's still a bad mouth of mine, you know, to swear and, you know, to talk about others. But I guess, like, you know, if you want to be able – if you're going to dress, you know, appropriately in, in church and, you know, for me to veil and stuff and then to – and then to go ahead and judge others and gossip, like, that doesn't – that doesn't portray um, ourselves really well. So I guess – I guess what's really good is just to really pray for prudence mm. around your speech and your etiquette around that because um, you don't want to, you want to be able to practice what you preach mm -hmm. and the way you perceive is sometimes the way you say things yes. and and that signifies a lot like if you're going to represent um, you know God you want to represent him in the utmost, you know, glorified way. And that's also through our the way we talk about others and the way we talk about things. And it's definitely easy said and done. And that's where, you know, we should always, in order to purify our hearts, is also to go ahead and, you know, go to confession so that we can receive his merciful love too, um, in order for our hearts to be purified. Do you guys have anything to add? Wow, yeah, Roz, that's... <laughs> That's so, um, there's so much to take in, but I love how you ended on just, you know, receiving the mercy and love of God and let everything else flow from there, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I think, I think that's a, a really great piece of advice is to, to know where you are and to start small, like Irene said. So yeah, great mm -hmm. advice, guys. Well, that takes us to the end of this episode. We've talked a lot about modesty and we've gone... So the extremes of every 
every aspect, I think. But obviously, we could we could go on for more. We can. <laughs> we definitely can. So much to say. But we don't want to. We don't want to disturb you uh, any longer <laughs> in this podcast. <laughs> But anyways, thank you for joining us for this episode again and continuously to support us all the way throughout um, these episodes. We only have a couple more episodes for this season. So um, stay tuned. With that being said, we hope you have a fabulous day if you're listening to this on your way home or, you know, wherever you are. But yeah. All right. Well, we're signing off now. Bye, everyone. See you guys next week. <laughs> See ya. Latest. <laughs> hey, guys. It's Irene. Thank you for tuning in today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with a mate. We also ask that you rate and comment on iTunes so this can be recommended to others who are also on the journey striving for heaven. Catch you next time on Interior Castle Podcast. <laughs>